podcast hailing from the great city of Philadelphia. Put your hands together for the Father and Son Star Wars podcast. Curran and Keith, they're hosts of the Father and Son of Star Wars podcast. It's a family-friendly podcast that allows people of all ages to gather together and have a great time talking about all things Star Wars. They're going to do book reviews, interviews, episode breakdowns, and character studies. They also feature a story time segment to encourage literacy and family reading time. So come on, Philadelphia. Put, to get, put your hands together. Huge round of applause for the father and fun, son of Star Wars podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, <laughs> you, know, you could have done anything on a Sunday morning. We appreciate you coming out. So thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Um, you wanted to say something? No. Not yet? Okay. All right. Um, so who are we and why are we here? So I want to take you back to 1980. If you are not here in 1980, don't worry about it. Just use your imagination. Um, I was a 12-year-old kid in Brooklyn. And I went to see The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I don't have much of a memory of seeing the film. I mean, I, I know that I saw it, but I couldn't tell you who took me there. I think it was my sister-in-law. I couldn't tell you what theater I saw it. But I do remember the movie. And I remember the revealing moment at the end of the movie, or towards the end of the movie. Um, but then, in 81, I saw Star Wars, so I saw, I saw it out of order. I saw A New Hope after The Empire Strikes Back, and then things started to click and make sense to me. And that prepared me for Return of the Jedi. Now, I always talk about Return of the Jedi, going to see Return of the Jedi like I, I saw it just yesterday. So to prepare ourselves for the movie, you know, back then, what did we have? We had televisions, right? So we had TV commercials. Um, we had NPR had a Star Wars podcast, uh, a Star Wars radio program. I like NPR. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, we had, you can pick up this book, Starlog magazine. So back then, in 1983, there was a magazine called Starlog, and I picked up these two magazines, and this just changed my life. And I was so hyped and so excited for this film. I remember it like I, like I said, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, two of my buddies from Brooklyn, the three of us went, and I said, you know what, we gotta go all out, we need to go to Manhattan, right? Because Manhattan has the best theaters. They have the big 70 millimeter theater, big screen, surround sound, that's how we gotta see Return of the Jedi. So, we went to Manhattan and we saw it at the theater called Lowe's Astor Plaza on Broadway. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. Um, and we went to the box office, bought our tickets, and then looked at the line and waited there for two hours <laughs> to get into the movie theater. But I remember that it was a beautiful, it was the weekend of uh, Memorial, Memorial Day weekend in May, 1983. It was a beautiful sunny day. We just stood outside, people were in good spirits. Um, they had a vendor giving out chipwich sandwiches, if you know, if you know what those are. Um, what? Chipwich sandwiches. So it's uh, ice cream with chocolate chip cookies with ice cream in, in the middle. Oh. You've seen those. Oh, yeah, like those Oreo cookies. Uh, they, you could have, yeah, you could put ice cream inside you, you, in the middle you, you, of an Oreo cookie. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. And we went into the theater, we got our seats, and we waited for the lights to dim. 
And then when you see the words a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you wait for that blast of the music, and then the words just appear on the screen, it was pandemonium in the movie theater. It was, and it was that way, we were so hyped up throughout the entire movie. And I would never forget that moment. And that's when I officially became a Star Wars fan. Now, I know in the 90s, you know, we had to wait until the 90s for the, the prequel. And, but thank goodness, in 2012, when we heard the news that Disney was going to purchase Lucasfilm and that they were, co and they were going to create the sequel trilogy. At the time, my son was four years old when, uh, well, one year old in 2012 when that announcement was made when The Force Awakens came out, so the Disney hype train was in place. <laughs> and um, I was in the Barnes & Noble bookstore, and I saw that they had a set of little golden books of the first six films. And I took it home, and I said to Tanya, my wife, do you think Keith will be interested in these books? She said, well, just give it to him, let him find out. You could pick up the story from there. Well, my dad gave me the books. I read them. I love them. Like, that was like the first moment I'd heard about Star Wars, and it was exciting. I liked the story. I was able to get into it. And it wasn't one of those long, boring stories where it takes a hundred pages just to get to the good part. But I liked that. And because of that, I wanted to see the movie. And I remember it. We didn't have a DVD player, so we had to go to we had to go to Best Buy and get a Blu-ray player to watch the movie. And that was probably one of the best moments of my life. And that was A New Hope, was the first one you saw, yeah. right? Yeah. I saw them in the order they came out. Yes, I saw, yes, exactly, right. And so, you know, my love for Star Wars was passed on to my son. And um, so now, fast forward to 2020, and the world changed for all of us. We, you know, we were fortunate enough to get through the pandemic. You know, there were some people who, you know, um, didn't do as well as we did, but we got through it. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy. You know, we were, you know, I was working from home and you were uh, doing virtual learning. Yeah. But that was it. It just seems like our, our day was just routine for almost a year. And you're like, it was just like, get up, yeah. have cereal, get in front of a screen for seven hours, yes. go to bed, get up, have cereal, go in front of a screen for seven hours, go to bed. Exactly. Weekend. Exactly. Do it again. And do it again. It, we, so we had the opportunity to try to do something different, try to do something new that keeps us happy. And we knew that Star Wars keeps us happy. And at the time, Disney Plus was available, The Mandalorian. Yeah, it just come out, like, 2019. Yes. Right before the pandemic. And I believe we, they, they dropped the episodes on... Wednesdays, I thought. Okay. Or was it Friday? I, I think it was Friday. And yeah, then, I thought it was originally Fridays. Yes. Yeah. They dropped it on Friday, and then the next day at the breakfast table, we would talk about each episode. And, and Bob would record us. Yes. My, She's right there. <laughs> my beautiful wife, you know, brilliant wife, decided that she was going to record us as we were discussing The Mandalorian. And then she played it back to me and I said, look, you guys are pretty good. You should start a podcast. And I said, what? Do what? <laughs> start what? A like Vader. Like Vader. Yeah. What? 
start a podcast. Um, but then, then what she did was she took the video and uploaded it to Facebook. And we got some very good feedback when we did that. Yeah. And she came back to me again and said, you need to do a podcast. You know, no one is doing this as father and son. You know, there's a, there's a niche that you are filling that's not there. You should do it. And still, I was not convinced. And then, you know, one day, you know, behind closed doors, you know, she has a girlfriend who is a podcaster, and she was giving her some ideas and equipment to buy, and Tanya went and got these boxes from Amazon, uh, you know, opened the boxes. It was all set up. Set set everything up, the microphones. Camera. And it was just like, I guess we're doing a podcast now. Yeah, I mean, she said... You're doing a podcast. So, and that is why we're here. Um, So, and we are really fortunate that we started the podcast in 2021. And here we are a year later. We're at the Philly Expo. This is incredible. So, thank you so much for having us again. I can't believe it. So, we're going to talk about what our theme is, right? And Keith is, at the core, Star Wars is about family. It's a family drama, basically. If you read the theme. Yeah, so. Sorry. Like, our podcast episode today is going to be about family. We're going to talk about extended family, our friends, teachers, and mentors, and all that, and how they play such a significant role in helping our fr- others along their journey to find their place in the galaxy. There so, we go. we're going to talk about our favorite family moments. Favorite family moments, okay. So, let's start with. The Graf family. Yeah, probably nobody knows about this one, but it was a book series written by Tom Huddleston, who we interviewed, and Kevin Scott. Probably some of my favorite Star Wars books after the Ahsoka book, but I read them all thanks to my mom. She got the audio book first, and then my dad bought them all from Amazon. But at the, the, the story's about these two kids, they're, they're droid, and they're a pet. So their parents are captured by the Empire. They're cartographers. So it's up to these kids. It's just the world against them. And they got to try and find their parents while dealing with droid kidnappers and, and all these crazy, crazy people and Imperials and this especially mean person named Captain Corda. He works for the Empire, and he's just just trying to hunt them down at all costs because he wants those maps. Their droid crater has a bunch of maps in his head, so he wants those maps. He's a greedy man. He right. wants the maps. And the Empire wants the maps because they want to expand, right? Yeah, they want to expand em- past wild space. Right. So there's a section of the galaxy that hasn't been discovered called wild space. They're cartographers, yeah. so they know this section of the galaxy, and the Empire wants this information. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what drives the book. But it's not a boring book. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like and what's the name of the book? Adventures of Wild Space. Adventures of Wild Space. Seven books. Yes, right. there's seven of them. Yeah. yeah. I have them all. Yeah. I've read them all. I have the audio books on Audible. Mm-hmm. With me, everything is audible now with me. <laughs> it's a sign of the times, yes. Yeah. So, it's, uh, so in other words, this is a one for, all for one and one for all type family, right? 
when one member of the family is in trouble, then the other members come out and support them wholeheartedly, right? Yeah. Yep. And then when it's just some of them who are in trouble, the mm-hmm. rest come to help. Right. And, and it especially shows in, like, it especially shows in book two where Lita gets captured. It's The, t- the kids are Lita and Milo. Mm-hmm. So Lita gets captured by Captain Corda in this this guy, he's a Solston, he's double-crossed them, his name is Dill Pexton, but yeah. So Milo and Crater come up with the best plan they can to save her, and it's just crazy that I can't tell you. You have to read the book. No, to find you don't want to give away everything. I'm not going to spoil it. Exactly. So basically, these two young kids, I think they were, what, 14 and 11? Do you remember their age? No, what is 10 and what is 11? I think. 10 and 11, right. Lost their like parents. Like my age lost their parents and they're relying on adults to help them find their parents and some of these adults are not right they're not for them they don't want to help out these children right so it's unfortunate that even these kids at these age or be at their ages are being um, taken advantage of by some of these adults however they were able to find two adults in particular who were able to help them which leads us into our next family are do we have any rebels fans here Star Wars Rebels. All right. So, first of all, th- these, these books, Adventures in Wild Space, they're very underrated. So, I don't even know if you've ever heard of them. Um, read them. Please read them. Yeah. We do recommend them. But they have a connection to Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Right? So, the two adults who help the children find their parents. The only two. Their name are Ephraim and Mira Bridger. Now, if you Ephraim. are familiar with the name Bridger... They are the parents of Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels. His name is pronounced Ephraim. Okay. Keith loves to, pro- to, Keith loves to tell me when I mispronounce something. So. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what is the, the, the pronunciation? Ephraim. Ephraim Bridger and Mira Bridger. Okay. Ephraim Bridger. All right. So they are the parents of Ezra Bridger. Now... Their backstory, the Bridgers, the parents, are one of the early rebels yeah. in, in the story, right? They were the ones that created the original rebel cells. They sent out a communication from their planet Lothal. Galaxy-wide. Right. And sent uh, a communicate from the communication tower. They took over a tower, an empire yeah. tower, sent out uh, a broadcast to let the people of Lothal know that the empire is corrupt, is greedy. corrupt. They're Evil. not right, exactly. Basically, people you don't want to invite to a party. Exactly. And when the Empire heard this communication, they were mad, obviously. And they arrested Ephraim and Mira Bridger. And they were put in prison. So Ezra, up until the age of seven, had a relationship with his parents until they were taken away, until they were arrested. So since the age of seven, He's been an orphan, and he just so happened to find a new family. So the so this family that we're going to talk about now is the adopted family, right? Yeah. And this is the story of the Ghost Crew. Now, Ezra now becomes a member of this family, of this crew, and if you look at the rest of the members of the family, they all have one thing in common. Their lives were upended or changed by the Empire. Right? So if you start with Kane and Jairus. Kane and Jairus was Caleb Doom. He was a Padawan. 
he yeah. lost his master during the Order Clone 66, Wars, the right? The of the Clone Wars. Right. Uh, Hera Syndulla is from Ryloth. If you know the story about the planet Ryloth. Yeah, some of occupied. it was covered in Bad Batch. Yes, they were occupied by the Separatists at first. And then when the Separatists went away, the, the Empire, Empire came, came in back. and took over. Exactly. Zeb Aurelius, right? He's a Lasat. Yes. Did I get that right? All right. From the planet Lasan. His family also were decimated by the Empire, right? Taken out by the Empire. Agent Callus, namely. Yes. And we have Sabine Wren. Yeah. Right? Who is a Mandalore. She went to the Imperial Academy. She did. Now, the Mandalore were actually okay with the Empire. <laughs> they kind of liked the Empire. They thought they were doing, you know, what they were Good. doing was, was needed. So, Sabine joined the Empire. Yeah. But then realized that, you know, what her technique was or her expertise was building weapons. When she found out the reason why the Empire was building these weapons. She just because, quit. Right. Well, they, the weapons were being used by the Empire to wipe out other planets. Uh, who's to say that Mandalore couldn't be the next planet? So she decided, okay, well, I don't want to work for the, the Empire anymore. All right. And then she heard about the rebellion and she joined the crew. Yeah. Right? So we have, and then we also have Chopper, who is an astromech droid. So we have this group of people, the adopted family yeah. in Star Wars. And again, if you want to know what love and trust look like, I encourage you to watch Rebels. It's four seasons, and they had each other's backs. I'm telling you that they would sacrifice their lives to save the lives of the others. Yeah. So that's what it was about, you know. So to me, that's that's powerful. And uh, you know, unfortunately, there's tragedy that takes place, like in other in any other family. Things happen. You know, we're not going to go into that, but that Please is don't. our example of the adopted family. So what do we have? What do we have next? Well, we were talking about the Bad Batch. Yep. And this next one is related to the Bad Batch. So there's Hunter. He, he leads this group of clones. They didn't come out exactly like the rest of the clones. They all have special abilities. Like Tech is the brains of the team. He knows everything that has to do with technology. Like me, Wrecker's just one of those guys who's like, let's smash stuff. S sort of like the Hulk and the Thing, but yeah. mixed into one. So he's, he's funny. Uh, Echo is a pretty serious person. He takes his mission seriously. But he's the only one who didn't, who wasn't born with those odd abilities. He actually was a normal clone, but during a mission he was captured, and they did all these experiments on him, and then turned him into a cyborg. So yeah. Uh, Hunter is the leader, as we all know. I already said that. And then there's Crosshair. Crosshair is a, also a very serious person. He does what's willing. He does what he has to do. He's a sniper also, probably. You figured that out because his name is Crosshair, but Crosshair is the one that actually betrays the team. That's really no secret. That's just like in the first episode. Yeah. Like the first five minutes of the first episode. But there's also this kid named Omega. So <clears throat> she works at this Camino cloning facility, and she's sort of like underappreciated, bossed around and stuff like that. But when she meets the Bad Batch, she looks up to them, like, idolizes them. 
and she wants to join them, so she takes every chance she can get to try and sneak in and work with them. And eventually she gets her chance when the Bad Batch flies, flies the coop and just bla blasts right out of the facility. And unfortunately, Crosshair has already turned, so he's trying to hunt them down. But that's not the point. The point is, Hunter and Omega have this bond. Like, family. Hunter is very protective of Omega. He doesn't want her to get hurt or anything. But Omega is what is. Omega is sort of like, I don't need to be protected all the time. I can work on my own. So it's sort of like that father-daughter relationship. Yeah. Even though Omega is older. <laughs> yeah, that got complicated. But anyway. <laughs> um, so there was an incident that happened on Camino where yeah. their lives were in danger, the Bad Batch and Omega, where they had to escape Camino. Yeah. Right? Okay. And now this, these guys are, you know, they're clones, you know, they're trained to fight, you know, that's all they know. But now they have this little girl with them. And Hunter is well aware of, you know, making sure that she doesn't get into any trouble, she's not in any danger, so he takes on the father figure role in the yeah. Bad Batch. But he's not ready to be a father, right? So he's reluctant. He's not, like, incredibly, like, throwing himself into it, like, okay, I'm gonna be a father. Right, right. It's sort of like something he's pushed into. He doesn't decide that he wants to bring Omega with him. In right. fact, he keeps trying to get Omega to stay at the Kamado facility. Right. But it was better for her to stay with the Bad Batch because in the long term, she helped them out a lot. And I think without Omega, the team would not be the same. And they would probably get themselves into a lot more trouble than they already did. Good point. Good point. There was an episode of the Bad Batch, episode two, where the cut Batch... And run. Cut and run. The Batch traveled to Salukamai to meet with uh, a former clone trooper named Cut. Yeah. Right, and if you know the story of Cut briefly, Cut was a clone trooper who yeah, he deserted. He though. deserted the war. He didn't believe in the Clone Wars. Is it the Clone Wars season two, episode ten? I believe. Yes. I think it was called the Deserter. Excellent. Excellent. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. So he leaves the Clone Wars because he doesn't want to fight. He wants to start his own family. But of course, he ends up getting dragged into the war. Captain Rex and his clone troopers, they land there, but Rex is injured, so they try to find him a place to stay. And they actually stumbled upon Cut LaCoyne's home. And and Cap Rex is like, well, why did you desert? I'm going to turn you in because you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be helping us out here. And Cut is just pretty laid back about it. He's like, listen, this is not what I signed up for. I don't want to fight a war that I didn't sign up to fight. Mm -hmm. So... This is what I'm doing now. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And then when the Bad Batch goes to visit Cut, Cut has a family. He's married with two kids. <coughs> Excuse me. And Hunter can see what a family life looks like. Hunter is very laid back. He's very calm. Um, He's happy. He, yes, he listens to his, his children. So Hunter saw something in Cut that Hunter didn't have in terms of taking care of children. So the, the plot of the story is 
The Empire, like I said, has taken over many planets. And one of them is also Seleucami. And Cut, to save his family, because they could be in danger if the Empire comes in and takes over, he wants to get a ship and take his family off-world to another planet. Okay? Um, so he asked for the Bad Batch to help him. So what they have to do is find these chain codes, right? They have to yeah. buy these chain codes. Think of it like a passport, I guess. You know, when so, you want to fly. Yeah. It's basically similar. Mm -hmm. So, like, a passport, yeah. Like my dad said, a passport. But if they don't have the passport, they're not getting on a flight. Right. They can't get on a flight. Right. So they find these chain codes. Like I said, so Cut has a wife and two kids. So that's four, right? Yeah, they need four chain codes. What Hunter decides to do is actually get a fifth chain code. All for right? Omega. And that fifth chain code was for Omega. Because he's trying to he's trying to arrange for her to go off with Cut's family. Right. So that she can stay out of the war that they're trying to fight. So Hunter oh felt... Oh, boy. Yeah, so Hunter feels that Omega's better off being with Cut's family because Cut is more cut out he knows how to, to he knows how to take member. care of a family exactly so of course he didn't tell omega this story and when they're trying to get on a flight and hunter tells omega at the last minute okay well i need you to get on this flight right now omega says no i'm going with you and she runs off well hunter runs off back to his ship and then omega says well you're not leaving me behind i'm going with you so she catches up with hunter and they get on the ship and they take off. So Omega's very angry with Hunter. One, because you know he didn't share the story with her, you know his plan to leave her with the LeQuain family. But she says, we all left Camino together. I want to be with you. And then Hunter says, okay, well, if this is where you want to be. Then this is where you'll stay. This is where you'll stay. So. Even though he's not ready to be a father, he was able, he was determined he to, to take Omega. on that role of being a father to keep this little girl safe. Yeah. All right. The story is very similar to the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, Grogu. Right. Yeah. Now, if you saw the Mandalorian season two, the last episode, the season finale, it was a heartbreaking moment. You know, to see. Well, not Luke Skywalker coming back. That was that was awesome. No, that was just right. Like, the part where spoilers. Yes, the part where father Din Djarin and son Grogu had to separate. So he's been preparing so, Grogu to say, "Well, you need to be with your kind. I don't know how to take care of you. You need to be with your kind." So, so like, throughout the like season, Grogu was no, going off to college almost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a very good example. There's going to be a moment where every parent is going to have to know how to let go of their child, right? Yeah. So this was Din Djarin's moment. So they're, you know, they sent a signal out, hopefully that a Jedi would hear their call. And Luke heard. And Luke heard the call and came and was ready to take Grogu with him. But the moment when Grogu and Mandalorian are looking at each other, Din Djarin takes off his helmet and he's looking at his child face to face and that's the tears moment for me when it came down that he is now prepared to let his son go and he says go with your kind this is what you need to do and then Grogu goes off 
good Luke. Luke picks up Grogu, and they're gone. Yeah. Now, the story picks up in the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, well, like, the ending part was really the Book of the Mandalorian more than it was the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Because the, the episode where Mando came back, Boba Fett was not even in that episode. His co-star was in the episode more than he was. All right, episode six of the Book of Boba Fett, in my opinion, is the best Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, and I just went through how I love Return of the Jedi. I was very surprised to see, to be honest with you, like I said, at the end of season two, Grogu and Din Djarin separate. Yeah, they part ways. I was very surprised to see that they eventually came back together even before season three. It's like, wait a second. So they didn't really have time to separate, you know? Like, absence makes the heart grow fonder is what they say, right? Yeah. So I I just couldn't believe that, okay, well, he but just... But they also say love knows no bounds. That's true. They, that's true. So I just can't believe that we had this big separation moment and, you know, the tears coming, you know, rolling down our faces, and then all of a sudden now they're back together. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But so in that episode... Luke was trying to train Grogu, and he didn't know if the train, if Grogu really wanted to be a Jedi. It wasn't in his heart. Did he want to be a Jedi? So, with the help of Ahsoka, Ahsoka was in that episode. Ahsoka recommend that give Grogu the choice of whether he wants to be a Jedi or he wants to go back to be with his father, the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, and I love how Luke sold it because. He's a Jedi, so he wants Grogu to be a Jedi. So, you know, it's like, hey, you can either be this Jedi and have this beautiful green lightsaber. Yes, my Master Yoda's lightsaber. Take it, and you can continue the Jedi path. Or you can take this piece of or chain mail and go with you your can take father. this itty-bitty piece of T-shirt made out of Beskar, made by your daddy, and... There you go. So there's your choice: the Beskar or the lightsaber. He really oversold the lightsaber. It was just like he oversold so you it. could take this masterful lightsaber from by my master, or you could take this piece of chainmail. Yes, and Grogu chose to be with the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I know Luke had to be very upset because he told R2, "Look, I'm not taking him to Tatooine. You are." And R2 said, "Me." So R2 takes off and brings uh, Grogu back to Tatooine. Tatooine, and father and son reunite, and they're riding off into the sunset. Uh, riding off into the sunset to see what happens in season three. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about the Inquisitors. Oh yes, the Inquisitors. They may identify as brother and sister and stuff like second sister, third sister and stuff. They are really not brother and sister. They're not even friends. They're like, they're competitive <laughs> people. They, it's always a game of one-upmanship with them. Like, in the Rebels, the fifth brother and the seventh sister, they're both searching for the Rebels. But they keep trying to outdo each other to find, to find the Rebels faster. And to me, that's not what makes a family. I mean, a little bit of competitiveness sometimes, mm -hmm. but it, they just fight all the time. I don't know why. Well, 
even though they call themselves brothers and sisters, so they're not related, you know, just to give you a backstory, the, the Inquisitors were former Jedi who survived the Purge, Order 66. Yeah, they survived And they decided it. to work, work for, for the, the Empire. Empire. So right. that they could save themselves. Exactly, exactly. So what was missing, like, and you're right, brothers and sisters, you know, siblings can be competitive, which yeah. is fine. Brothers and sisters right? in name, Absolutely. not in action. Right. But what was missing with this family, if you want to call them a family, is there was no love between the Inquisitors. It's just you know? Hate. Yeah. They, I don't even know how much they know of each other. Even though they were Jedi, they may not have really had any kind of interaction with each other. So they were just put together by the Emperor and yeah. say, here, this is what you're going to do. You're going to train to be an Inquisitor. So there was no love. So that's what's missing. And like you said, they didn't even like each other. No, they, yeah. they were all just like, I am better than you. Yes, that they was it. They just yelled at them. That, that was it, you know, and they had one mission to hunt down a Jedi, but, you know, an example of what a family should not look like. <laughs> yes, right? a pretty good example. Yeah, all right. So now, let's, that leads us to, all right, so now, let's talk about Ahsoka Tano, all right? Especially, yes, especially the Ahsoka on trial series. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was the Clone Wars season yeah, so five, this, the ending. Exactly. So now I call this family the somebody done somebody wrong family. <laughs> all right. We all have it. You know, it might be a, uh, a sibling or family member or a friend who might have said something that we didn't like or said something to hurt us or do something to hurt us. Yeah, it spread. did something and it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Right. Or Stuff like that. That's sort of normal. Yes. It's unfortunate. But, you know, you might have somebody who might have spread a rumor about you that wasn't true and it, and it was hurtful, you know. And you have probably made up with this person. Yeah. But I you know don't forget, I have. You don't forget, oh, wait a minute. Has this happened to you? I wasn't yes. talking about you. Okay, we don't have to give any more details. No, no, okay. we do not. Okay, all right. Okay, I was just talking in general. All right, all right. That wasn't even planned. No, it was not. <laughs> no, no, it was not. It was not planned. Let's get back okay. to Ahsoka, though. All right, so. Um, but whatever they said to you, this person said or did, you never forget it because you remember how you felt when it happened, when you heard it, or when you... You know, when you heard it or, you know, when it happened to you. Um, we have that story with Ahsoka, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so Ahsoka, as you, you know, may or may not know, Ahsoka's a Jedi. She started off as a Padawan. She was Luke Skywalker's master, right? Anakin. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Right. Anakin Skywalker. Right. She was I, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Yes, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, right. So he's the master. I apologize. And something happened at the Jedi Temple. Yeah, so there was this whole explosion, and they didn't know who caused it. So Anakin and Ahsoka were looking for clues, trying to figure it out. But Ahsoka actually gets framed, so she ends up taking the fall for whoever caused it. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet. So the Jedi just, they just turn on her, like, instantly. They don't even say... Well, let's see. We don't know if it was you. We need some evidence. They're just like, nope, get out. 
They yeah. don't even give her a fair trial. It's just a bunch of Jedi's looking down at her. Like, quite literally, she's on this podium, and they're looking down at her. And it was just, like, condescending. Okay. Hey, can I take a step back? Yeah. Now, so they had a suspect in custody, right? Who they think might have caused the, caused the explosion. Yes. And Ahsoka was sent out to question this person. And then something happened where this person just, you know, lost their life. They right. just deceased, right? Yeah, they just, like, got forced choke. Right. And, it, and the way it seemed on the camera, it seemed like Ahsoka was the one doing the forcing. She was right. the only person in the room. And yet, she wasn't. Him. Right, right. So she ends up getting framed. Yeah, like so I said. The, 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 the Galactic Republic, you know, led by uh, Governor Tarkin, decided that she was the one who committed the crime and they were going to charge her. Yeah, okay? They didn't even ask questions. Right. They were just like, okay, you are guilty. Right. Ahsoka Tano, can you believe it? Okay, so that's who they chose. Now, the problem that I have with that is that the Jedi didn't really come to her defense. Yeah, they weren't listening at all. Right. They They're, ignored her. They just blocked out her side of the story right. and just came in with their evidence. Mm -hmm. They decided that they wanted to side with the, the government, the Republic, right? Yeah. Because they didn't want to make any trouble with the Republic. So the, so the decision they made to try her, put her on trial, Ahsoka, was purely political. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't even trying to be like, right? Okay, we have evidence, or we don't have evidence, so maybe it wasn't you. Because think about it, I don't think Ahsoka was anywhere near the temple. Right. So. Right. That was just cold. Yeah, it was cold. And then we had the trial, and we have the the Jedi, and you know, if you seen it, seen the episode, you know, they have her on this platform, right? Yeah. And, you know, this platform lifts, and then you have the Jedi, you know, like, there are some gods just looking, surrounding her in a circle, and talking down to her, like, in a condescending way, right? Yeah. Like and I at said. that point, they've already made a decision. Yeah, they weren't even trying to listen to her. They, right. They just already had a decision. Right. Like Anakin said. Right. Anakin was feeling some type of way. Oh, believe me, he was angry. He was very angry. Right. And so the end result was that they decided that she was no longer a Padawan. They took away her bead, right? Yeah. Her Padawan bead. And it wasn't until Anakin, Anakin was the only one who actually believed in her, right? Yeah. Believed that she was innocent. Anakin actually found the person who actually committed the crime. Yeah, and it was it was actually Ahsoka's friend, Barris Alfie. She betrayed Ahsoka, like set her up. Right, right. And, and the point is, that when Ahsoka needed support from her family, who were the Jedi, right? That they was the only family she had. They weren't there for her. They weren't there for her. They didn't get that. Uh, she didn't get that support, right? And I'm sure that's something that she's going to carry with her for the rest of her life because what does she decide to do? Now, when they found out that she wasn't the one that actually committed the crime, yeah, the Jedi they were to like begging to bring her back. Right. Oh, it's like, oh, you, you were so good. You know, you did the right thing. And, you yeah, know, you, and they were, they were trying to... They knew what they had done, so it was one of those, oops, I yeah. did it again moments. Right. You so had they the had makings. to try to bring her back, being like, this was all a test. You did very well. Exactly. You really? had the makings of a true Jedi. And you know what she says? She says, no, I'm out. I don't need the Jedi. I'm walking away. Yep. And that's what happened. She walked away. 
Actually, but, she helped herself by doing that because she survived Order 66 that way. Well, yeah, unfortunately, and Ahsoka is never going to forget that moment, okay? Because that was to her like one of the biggest betrayals that she could have gone through, her own family turning her in. Yeah. And, and she never really got the chance to reconcile um, right, like you said, right after that, Order, Six, the right. Order 66 came in. Yes, right. So that's something that she'll have to uh, live with for the rest of her life. Even if she wanted to reconcile and say, well, I understand what happened, why you chose to you know, make the decision you did. But she'll never get that opportunity to reconcile. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. And so that brings us to... A close. All right. We got... We got <laughs> We got one more, uh, one more story. So almost, I said, I said almost. Almost, okay, all right. So we have to talk about the Skywalkers. Oh, all right, yeah. okay. But the Skywalker I want to talk about is, and this is called a mother's love. I want to talk about Shmi Skywalker. Okay, now. Shmi Skywalker and her son Anakin, you know, they were slaves. They have slavery in, in Star Wars, um, Planet Tatooine. Um, that was the way of life there. Yeah. She and They her worked for Watto. Watto, yes, the junk dealer. Yeah, that flying elephant. The fly, yeah, okay, yeah, flying elephant. And, you know, it was, so it was just her and her nine-year-old son, Anakin. And Anakin didn't have a father. It was just the two of them for nine years of his life. Um, they receive a visitor. So just to backtrack, there's a scene, and this is all happening in The Phantom, Phantom Menace, Menace, where uh, the queen's ship, Queen Amidala, her ship gets injured. Hijacked. In a, well, in, in, a, in a battle, the ship suffers damage. damage. Right. And... They have to land so that they could get the ship repaired. Yep. So the nearest planet is Tatooine. So they land on Tatooine, and they meet Anakin and his mother. And she, very nice, very polite, both of them invite them over to her home. And, you know, Qui-Gon is there. Um, Amidala is there as a handmaiding, you know. Yeah, and Obi-Wan there as well, right? And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Obi sees... Well, and I'm sorry, Qui-Gon Jinn sees something in this little boy. Something special about this little boy, right? Qui-Gon feels that Anakin could be the chosen one, meaning he could be the one to bring balance to the Force. So right. he goes to, Qui-Gon goes to Shmi, Anakin's mother, and asks for her permission to take Anakin with him so he can train Anakin to be a Jedi. What Shmi says, if you believe that you can give my son a better life than what he have now, then you have my permission. That's normal. That's, yeah. that's just normal. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. Again, we're talking about letting go. But letting go of a child who's only nine years old, that's... Even more difficult because yeah. you're really independent. I'm so, 10. I should know this. Yes. So then, when Anakin is told the news, you know, Qui-Gon says, well, I want to take you with me. I want you to train you to be a Jedi. And 
Anakin, you know, he's only nine years old. Like, wow, I really, I get to fly a ship and I get to go to these cool planets and become a Jedi? So he grabs his backpack and he runs off and he's following behind Qui-Gon and then he stops. And then he realizes, well, what about my mom? And then he turns around and then he runs back to his mom and gives her a hug. And I have the lyrics. I wrote down the lyrics so I didn't, you know, get it right. Anakin says to his mother, would I ever see you again? And Shmi says, well, what does your heart tell you? Anakin says, I hope so, I guess. Yes. Then Shmi says, well, we will see each other again. Anakin said, well, I will come back and free you. And then she tells the last line she tells Anakin is, now be brave and don't look back. So Anakin turns around and runs back to Anakin and never looks back. And the tragedy of this story is that the next time, now we know about the Jedi Code where you really can't keep you can't relationships. Have attachments. You can't, can't have attachments. <laughs> Excuse me. Anakin was not allowed to see his mother, not until 10 years later, which he didn't, Anakin never even got permission from the Jedi to go see his mother. He went on a secret mission. So the last time he saw his mother is really too late because there was something that happened where she was tragically she um, was attacked, attacked by Tuscan Raiders. Right, and you know she, in her last breath, finally gets to see her son. And to me, I think that's a part of why Anakin had his downfall. That had he had, if he was able to keep that relationship with his mom. Yeah, if he was able to see his mother yeah. more often. Right. That I think what would have happened is when those Tuscans came, Anakin would have been there to fight to fight the law. Yeah. And he, he would have been less rageful at the Jedi because the Jedi were the ones keeping him away from his mother and away from Padme as well. Yeah. I think he was just a nine-year-old missing his mother, which makes that's, sense that's to me. That's normal. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I wonder, you know... This Jedi code, you know, sometimes causes more harm than good when, you know, the Jedi tell you you need to, you know, remove all your attachments. The Jedi got money. Yoda's sitting on money. <laughs> Qui-Gon's sitting on, uh, well, poor Qui-Gon. Mace Windu is he, sitting on money. That's the other thing. Yeah. Qui-Gon, unfortunately, he could have been the father figure that Anakin needed, but he didn't make it. But Yeah. The Jedi have money. Could they have least fly Wait. Shmi? To Coruscant, put her up in a nice hotel and have her visit her son like on the weekends. Yeah, maybe maybe get some Tatooine takeout or something. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So some sliders from Dex's diner. Exactly, exactly. So, but um, so I just want to uh, end with a quote from George Lucas, who says, "You, as a person, you have two choices to make. You can either help someone or not." So. The moral of Star Wars is we need to help each other, right? We need to love each other. So we ask, you know, we all want to choose love, right? Yeah. That's the choice we want to make. So if you're, you know, if you're not a Star Wars fan and you want to understand how to learn Star Wars, you know, there are so many small stories that you can pick out of Star Wars that you could probably relate to. So I think that's how you should start. Start small. Yeah. And not try to know everything or learn everything. But, um, again... I tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. 
You can't sit down and watch every Star Wars movie. That takes days. It, yes, it takes a long time. So, um, so we just wanted to just give you some examples of some family family moments that we, um, we impact really us. Something that was very important to us, um, and that is it. You know, so that is yeah. That's our podcast. You know, so we wanted to just you know let you know to choose love. Okay. You know? Wait, Dad, what time is it? What time is it? Okay, it's 1236. All right. All right, and it, before you go, I want to just say a couple of things. One, um, so, again, we started this podcast a year ago. Yeah. We ask uh, for you to, if you have not heard of our podcast, to please subscribe to the channel. Um, we're also on... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, okay. And um, we're going to have some business cards that we'll leave up here. Yeah, uh, Feel free to come up and take one or, um, yeah. So we'll have them for you. So we'll have them for you. Um, So just feel free to take one. Um, But we wanted to leave some time for questions if you have any questions. And one more thing. we want to just remind you that this month is it's Autism, autism Awareness, Awareness month. month. And autism is very important to our family. Yeah. It impacts our family. My youngest son has autism. So um, if you can, Your younger please, son, my brother. Yes. If you can, please support um, any programs or organizations uh, uh, that help autistic children, autistic adults. Um, uh, SNAP is a good one. Yeah, right. So we... Uh, if. If you're looking for um, an organization to support, we can help you with that. We can, um, you know, DM us, and we can give you names of some organizations to support. Yeah. But that's very important. We just wanted to say that uh, before we before we go. Yeah, so, our email account's like fathersongalaxy.com, right? Yes, we have a website. Tell it again. Our website is fathersongalaxy.com. Yes. So once again, thank you very much for attending, and you know. Again, you could have done anything else on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, but thank you for being here. So we now have time for questions, if there are any questions. And ideas for future podcast episodes, yes. if you have any. So can we have he- a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, I just wanted to repeat what your son just um, said. What are some of the coming shows that you have planned? What shows we have planned? Well, so we're waiting for Obi-Wan. So we're waiting patiently we for Obi-Wan We will review Kenobi. that. Yes. So and we have a couple of episode ideas in mind. Yes. So we're going to pri- do an episode on the journals of Ben Kenobi. Yes. Yeah. So we have some uh, we episodes have planned um, to celebrate Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we're putting them together right now. We're looking forward to May 27th, right? That's yeah. when Obi-Wan is Finally going to premiere drops. on Disney+. Plus. So... Yes, so thank you. Yes, so we're, we're actually working a, on it. We're going to do a lot more character studies as well for yes. the podcast. Yes. Awesome. You guys are amazing. I've loved listening to you guys talk about Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Rebels. It's been so fun. Thank you. Um, it sounds like, Dad, your favorite movie is Return of the Jedi, but, or maybe not? Actually, no. Over time. It's Empire Strikes Back. It has I now can tell you that. the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I, I love Return of the Jedi, but I get so much more out of the Empire Strikes Empire. Back. Okay. Um, every time I see it, you know, as, as far as um, spiritually, um, he's an Empire Strikes yeah, Back. I, I love the <laughs> the you know the character study. Yeah. It's more it's more character driven for me. 
the visual effects, the music. Um, I gotta say the yeah. music for that best bin part. Yeah, I love it. I I, I gotta I gotta download yeah. that. Yeah. Is so. that your favorite movie too, or would you pick something else? No, it's a new hope. A new hope. Because that was okay. the first movie I saw. Respect. Yes. And then also one last one. If what color would your lightsaber be? Blue. Absolutely blue. blue. Okay. Wow. Light okay. blue is my favorite color. All right. I love green, and I love green because I keep talking about Return of the Jedi. It's still not my favorite now, but yeah. I love it. But it's a green lightsaber when, because it's a yes. lightsaber. Yes. And Endor's green as well. Endor's yes. mostly green. Yes. All right. So Return green, of the Jedi was a me. lot of green. They're wearing green camouflage. Yes. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, so you mentioned earlier the Ahsoka novel is one of your favorite books. It's yeah. also my favorite. And I was wondering if you've read the Padme books by the same author and if you've got thoughts on those. Um, my dad has them. He just bought the uh, last one. Yeah. I so read the first two. I'm going to read it, hopefully. I well, read there's the first three two. of them, but I'm yeah. going to read them all, hopefully. Yep. And we just got the third one this past week. Nice. Yeah. Yep. They're great. I also want to know who your favorite clones are. If you have them. Favorite clone. Captain Rex. Just Captain Rex. Because <laughs> he's a pretty brave person. He's also loyal. But he knows what he's doing. He has experience. He's serious. But he could also be funny at times. And he stands by his friends. He doesn't like leave them behind. He fights till the end. Lives to fight another day, as the clones say. Yeah, honestly, I, I was trying to think of another clone there's that I Echo, like. There's Echo, there's Rex, as, well, there's Commander but Bly, that I like just as much as Rex. Commander and Cody. I actually, I'm going to take your answer. I think Captain Rex is my favorite as well. Of because he just has will. so much of a story arc. Um, and he has seen so much happen, taking place with his brothers in arms. You know, and he's seen so much tragedy um, during this war. And he just... He, he just went through it like, you know, the nobleman that he is, you know. And he yeah. was still there. Um, although the, the war, sometimes he had to question the war, whether it was actually needed. And he really had to have people have him focus and say, look around you. What is going on? What is this war about? Yeah. And Rex really had to think, think about that question. Like, okay, what is this war really about? You know? Yeah, because he was fighting blind, and then he realized, right. what am I fighting for? What am I fighting for? Right. So um, so I would say Captain Rex is, is my favorite. We actually did a, a character study on Captain Rex. Yeah. yeah. And uh, his story arc is just amazing, you know. So yeah. Captain Rex, that's my answer. Yes? Oh, I was just wondering, you were talking about how Star Wars was like about family yes. and everything. It's been like uh, therapy for me. That way I can just watch the movie, I'm down, I, or the series, or different ones. Yes. But have you read um, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray? Yes, I, I thought yeah. that had some really conflict things. Yes, right, with Qui-Gon. And yeah, they had different views, different opinions on the yeah. way to do things. But what they had was a mutual respect for each other. So I, you know, I, I think they respected that, okay, they may not always agree on things, but they could still have that master apprentice relationship. So yeah, very good. Yeah. Claudia Gray actually is one of my favorite authors. So yeah, I definitely have that book. Well, I don't have that book. I've read it, 
but, but you, I have, you got it for the library. Yeah, but I have many other of her books. But that's a good one. Thank you. Well, mine, mine goes with that. Um, someone who raised an apprentice is now the master. Yes. Has your apprentice become your master yet in Star Wars? Almost. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to have to say yes, yes, Yeah, yes. I knew you'd say yes. I would. Of course. He picks up a lot more than I did when I was his age. I mean, and he has a lot more to cover. But he picks up things very quickly. He knows names. He knows episode numbers. He knows planets. He knows facts. Give me a random oh. person. Oh, you want to be tested? Yes. You want to just throw out a name? Uh, give me a random person. Fives. Oh, Tell yeah, fives. fives. Clone Trooper. He went insane. He was trying to... Well, yeah, because Order 66, one of the other clone troopers, his name was Top. He executed Order 66 early, and Fives was trying to find out why. But in the end, he went crazy, and Captain, Captain Rex and Anakin were trying to talk to him. But Commander Fox just, like, pew, and just blasted him. Yeah. It's a longer story than that, but, yeah, Fives is a That's very complicated... That's the short version. That's the short version. Yeah, a very complicated character. But And then they, the other thing about Star Wars is they have complicated characters, and they should because we are complicated, you know? So, to me, Star Wars is a fairy tale that but you could tell sort of like over reality. and over and over, which is why it will never grow old. It'll be here when we're gone, you know? So, I am very proud to be a Star Wars fan. And um, it, even in this time right now, I, I am having a great time. I feel like I'm 12 years old again, back in the movie theater, so. And again, I want to thank the Philly Expo for having us here. This was exciting. Yeah. Um, this is our first time doing a live show. So thank you so much. I are really there... appreciate it. Please enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. Wait, are there any other questions, though? Are there any other questions? Thank you once again for coming. Thank you. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, Philly. Give it up. Philly. Give them some love, man. These are Philly natives right here. Father, son galaxy right here at the creator stage coming up at the top of the hour we've got writer editor mr pete tomasi audience q a we're going to be talking dc we're going to be talking editing we're talking the business of comics and some of your favorite titles by mr pete tomasi so please come by the creator stage the heart and soul of the con floor for all of you content creators so until the top of the hour with mr pete tomasi enjoy day three here at Philly Fan Expo. My recital, I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right, on top. It's tricky. It's tight. Here we go. It's tricky to 